0: I was following, again, all of the rules that our society had put forth, and the more I was obedient to our society's definition of success, the sicker that I became.
1: So I got very, very curious. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist.
2: All right, everybody, here we are again today. Like I always say, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are this, in this world today. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and I have another amazing guest joining me today. His name is Matt but I'm gonna let him tell you who he is and what he, is, what he does. So what
0: I'd like you to do, Matt, is tell the audience like who you are and what it is you do, and then we're gonna rock and roll. Sounds great. Thank you for having me, Max. Yeah, my name is Matt Simpson. I am the author of a book called Worth the Fight, Acting for a Better World, A Guide to Spirituality, Psychedelic Medicines, and Overcoming Trauma. I'm also the host of the Worth the Fight podcast, and I'm an empowerment life coach and microdose mentor. See, things have changed so much since I got sober, right? Like that stuff wasn't even
2: mentioned uh, back when I got sober over twenty years ago. But it's interesting, right? Because, like you said, medicine is evolving, and things, you know, just because they haven't, you know, names that are associated with, with, you know, the '60s, like the the you know the LSDs and stuff like that. But you think about it, like the research that started back then, right? Matt was to help people to overcome like you said trauma or depression or right so please tell my audience like how you got involved what were the things that you went through that got you involved with with the uh, the microdosing and and teaching people and coaching people on this
0: yeah thank you max um and a lot has changed since the 50s and 60s there was a psychedelic revolution we're in a new time right now uh where we're leading with peer-reviewed scientific data from our most esteemed institutions but a, a, a little bit about my journey um you know i i did not serve in the military uh, i was in the corporate uh rat race in chicago uh following all the rules uh the more that i um was obedient to our societal definition of success the sicker i became and i started to get really curious and this was back in in um, 2013 i had a profound experience with psilocybin uh, magic mushrooms Uh, i felt uh, safe to to do this i was i was with some friends and we were out on a boat in lake michigan and it was just kind of like the perfect scenario and um before then i never felt safe doing that i was always been kind of a type a work hard um you know and, and and not um let my guard down anything that would potentially interfere with my ability to earn um i just wouldn't go near uh but in this time you know i was with a you know my friend who is a you know esteemed at this business club and kind of a hot shot very really professional and and uh so i felt safe to take the, the the psilocybin and i had a really profound healing experience and it was kind of took me off guard and I wasn't expecting this um and and that set in motion uh this this deepening of a a spiritual connection that 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 was absent and that I I didn't really have before then and I started meditating more and I was a bit more conscious and I was eating healthier Mm -hmm. and becoming a better man a better human being and um on my 35th birthday which was October 16th 2014 I sold a business and while I was supposed to be hooting hooting and hollering with the new brass and thinking about all the money that i just made and all the the, the opportunity and 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 uh, career advancement and all of these things all i could think about was this path that i'm on now this path of service and uh, two months later i was in the jungles of costa rica having a profound healing journey with ayahuasca to get into my nervous system to heal the childhood sexual trauma that was at root of my depression my disease my drinking uh addiction and um and then that you know it was it was a visionary experience i could finally see a way out of this personal hell that i'd created and uh yeah it took uh 11 months. And then I walked away from my career December 9th, 2015. And I've been uh, all in on paying forward the grace of plant medicine healing ever since.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you, right? I used to be the hardcore, like, if you don't do it my way, you're going to die kind of guy, right? Like, because that's what I kind of was surrounded by with some guys in the, in the AA program, right? But there's something to this now because, like you said, a lot of peer-reviewed research has come came, has come up, right, from very prestigious schools saying that at certain dosages, this stuff can help, right? Because Gabor Matei, I don't know if you know who he is, a doctor in Canada, always says his big thing is addiction stems from trauma, some type of trauma, right? And you mentioned you had some childhood trauma. Like, so growing up, right, like… And it sounds like when you got to the corporate America, that grind of working every day kept you from addressing that, right? So that's why you were so focused. Like if I work hard, I don't have to deal with that. And then you had your first experience and you were like, wow, maybe I can heal from this. How did that go? What was the challenge back then when you were growing up that kind of shut you off? And then you you get into your adulthood and you have this experience with your friends and you're like, the light goes on. Like I had a great experience with this. Right. And I audience, I want you to understand I, I'm totally sober, but I'm open to to guys like Matt that help people see there's another way to recover from that trauma. And right. Because not there's no one size fits all. Right, Matt. So, I mean, and I know that must have took a, a leap of faith for you to go on. Selling this off, and I'm just gonna fall. I'm gonna go all in on what I'm. I'm learning how to do. How did that go for you? Like, how did you get to that
0: point? Yeah, I, I appreciate the question. There's, a, there's, a, there's a few, few parts that I want to address. The, um, yeah, it, it was, it was my unhealed trauma. That made me an extremely successful businessman because I had I was cut off to empathy and I could just put my head down and barrel through. I always affectionately say I, I'd run over anyone and anything for a dollar and and a good good good, good capitalist, you know right. and but that those um, those protective mechanisms that I had this unhealed trauma also was a mask. And it was and it was keeping me from the, the deep levels of intimacy and connection that my heart and soul craved. So there became a, a time where it was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to break down these barriers if I'm going to if I'm going to get that level of connection. And, um, you know, ultimately, I, I made that choice of of healing uh, and um you know confronting my past and and going to battle with my demons so to speak uh so i could heal that trauma as as dr Gabar mate says we can liberate the energy of trauma into the energy of life and i can confidently say here 10 years later i'm living my dream life and and there's you know i experience levels of joy to a degree that i never ever would have thought possible had i stayed in um a lifeless loveless career Right. And, and if you look, I don't know,
2: I don't know about you, but you probably saw it while you were running your business and stuff like that. Could you point out people like you go, I know that guy's like me or that lady's like me, she's gone through something, but she's so into her work. She must be avoiding something. Right. Cause I've noticed uh, in work, you know, before I got into being a substance abuse counselor and stuff that I've noticed the guys that drove the hardest, it was like you could tell they were avoiding something. That's why they worked so hard. Not just to, you know, yes, to make the money and and take care of their families, but you could, I could always, as I look back now, and we're having this discussion, I could always tell those guys like there's something more to these guys that meets the eye. But you know I was I'm like going to go, "Hey, did you have some childhood trauma or something?" Right? What was it <laughs> my talk place. Talk about your childhood
0: trauma.
2: Yeah. I mean, you'll get a big F you. <laughs> exactly, right? I might get a hammer thrown at me or whatever yeah. the case may be, right? <laughs> but and I know that for me and, and doing this work, like I know that recovery is an individual thing, like how they do it, right? And that's how I try to go. Gu- and this is like I you know, I always when I get guests like yourself, I think this is divine intervention, right? Because God's trying to open my eyes to and my mind to alternatives, right? To best help my clients. So if I say, you know, my way's not working, hey, I can send you to Matt because Matt has a different approach and maybe he can help you. Maybe there's something I missed, right? And that's how we do it, right? We just kind of branch out and, and help the people because I know that's why you started, right? What were some of the challenges in getting started doing this, right? Because of the stigma that goes along with some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I didn't know how this path would unfold. Um, you know, I just knew that, that there was a better way. I knew that there was um, an opportunity to be of service. Uh, I remember having this profound moment of awareness uh, when I was down in Costa Rica having my first ceremony, thinking like, if, if I'm not going to do this, then who the hell will do this work? You know, just just this idea. You know, with being uh, a professional that knows how to get things done. uh, You know that that uh, you know privilege. I'm I'm a white man. The door's open for me um, in terms of our our racist drug laws. Like this is something that that would make sense that that uh, black and brown people would not want to go near um, because of the history of and and the mass incarcerations that we have and the unjust uh justice system that we have um so so yeah when i walked away i didn't know exactly what this would look like uh, i had aspirations or intentions to be a life coach and i remember the 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 uh, other people i worked with they they did not believe me first off that i would walk away from my corporate career to be a life coach um and and, and yeah, you know, this, I, I, I set out on December 9th, uh, 2015, uh, to embark on an 18 month travel journey. And it was a healing journey uh, for me to go within my nervous system, uh, again, to, to address some of these traumas and, and the pain in my heart and where I'd missed the mark. And it was during that journey where it was, it was essentially my full time job to, uh, embrace this this uh, path of spirituality and, and my meditation practice and my journaling practice and breath work and taking care of my body with fitness and movement. And uh, in month 17 of this 18 month travel journey, I came across this veteran collective soul healing mission. And I just knew then and there that this is my soul's calling. This is my work to do. And it was the uh, the the this conversation I had with with Ryan McComp. he was a Marine kind of the first mover in this space and it was the 80 to 90 percent of the veterans that were were seeking this healing um for addiction and for depression and post-traumatic stress disorder mostly um it it was not the war trauma that they were healing from it's the childhood sexual trauma time and time again that is at the root and uh and and then that you know, got my curia- curiosity going, and that's where I decided to jump on board with Ryan and his organization. And I write about that all in my book, Worth the Fight. And um, that's been my my calling since, is to create awareness for our veteran community that are struggling with a mental health crisis and suicide epidemic. These medicines work. They've been greenlighted for healing trauma by Johns Hopkins, NYU. Um, Harvard, Stanford. um, There's some really compelling clinical data with the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies as well that has um, a cure for post-traumatic stress disorder. And they just finished uh, phase three clinical trials. Um, Very likely the the FDA will approve uh, this summer. Uh, And the data shows that uh, 86% of uh, people that have gone through that therapy had statistically significant uh, reduction in ptsd uh, symptoms and 71 percent went into complete remission that that's hard to argue with numbers like that right because as you know
2: i mean and i know when they tell me in the addiction field right they say people that go to treatment only five percent are successful that's like that's got to stop you know what i mean like it's got to go higher where we can help people Besides the traditional way of, right, I think incorporating all that, like CBT, maybe some of the, you know, the psychedelics and just helping, right? Because some of that stuff, don't you believe, and you've gone through it, is so deep sometimes that we've stuffed it down. It might take that, right? And a professional that knows how to, uh, helps the individual get that out, right? Because uh, I know someone very near and dear to me that, struggles from ptsd and depression and anxiety that the typical stuff's not working if you know what i mean like because you know doctors they just want to give you medicine and she's like no i don't want to do that anymore i'm tired of taking medicine it's not working so when someone comes to you and matt and says right because you can relate it's like one addict working with another one alcoholic you know when someone who's gone through trauma that can relate do you think that makes it easier for someone to open up to you and go, "I need your help"? Like, how? What do I need to do?
0: Yeah, I, I think it does. Uh, and and um, before the I broached that that point, there's uh, um, this this comes to mind. I think this was uh, Dr. Peter Atia that said this. He's a psychedelic advocate. Um, that sometimes we can't talk ourselves out of something we didn't talk ourselves into, and this is like fighting fire with fire. And a lot of these traumas that happen in the early years of childhood development, the, the nerve, the grooves in our, in our neural pathways in our nervous system are so deeply uh, entrenched that, yeah, we need something a little bit stronger than the talk therapy or the pills. And um, yeah, I think that that having gone through this journey and this, this healing experience and having written a book about it and, You know, I've guided over 100 people in the magic and microdosing mentorship programs that I have, um, you know, with with uh, building a a thriving empowerment coaching business off of my book Then I've been doing that for the last five years. And, you know, the podcast that I've done, the insane amount of research and and, and that I've done for both the podcast and the book um, to know where I can step, you know, because I'm out in the open, you know, publicly. Uh, challenging our federal government to get their shit together to to properly heal and and integrate our veterans. This is this is a, a tragedy, and uh, we can do so much better.
2: I I agree with you one hundred percent. As a veteran, as a disabled veteran myself, right? I I'm one thing that's a big goal of mine is to start a nonprofit that helps with this. And it's funny how people are coming into my path that show me different ways that we can help the vets, right? And mine is going to be hopefully, you know, homelessness and addiction. Right. And, and then find the right people that can help them because you're right. Like I see a lot of the time I'm lucky. I've been pretty fortunate with the, you know, doctors I've had, they've taken care of me pretty well, but you hear the horror stories where they're waiting months and months and months to get treatment. And then they get in there and it's here, get on this medicine. Right. And, and, They keep them on it. And that doesn't always work either, if you know what I mean. Right. So someone who's been through childhood trauma. Right. And I've noticed this in the last probably five to eight years where men are coming forward and saying they were sexually abused as a child. Right. Um, And you see all kinds besides their addiction, you see eating disorders and stuff like that. Right. And we have to have and, you know, I know you'll agree a safe space for them to admit that to somebody whether it's you me or another professional right and then be able to direct them so in that in that challenge of your childhood trauma where it's led you today what are some of the challenges currently in your practice you know in your coaching and stuff that you see that that holds you back from being able to provide the help that they need whether it's a veteran or, or someone who just comes to you off the street and says man i need your help because this ain't working
0: yeah i think that uh, probably the biggest challenge i have is um, sharing a message during a time of prohibition there's a lot of fear there's a lot of um, mistrust and um, these what i affectionately call the bullshit incorporated limiting belief scarcity programs are really really strong and it takes a lot of courage for someone to say hey you know what I'm going to go all in on this path. I'm going to try a microdosing journey, and uh, I'm going to trust that all the answers are inside, and I'm going to trust that I can confront that trauma uh, or whatever it might be, and that the wheels won't fully come off, and that that uh, that we can safely, um, you know get to a point where we can reframe some of those past hurts and maybe even utilize them like again dr Gabar mate says that we can liberate the energy of trauma into the energy of life you know when we have these traumas that are in our nervous system and we haven't had the courage to address them um it's like we're carrying uh this extra load this 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 weight this baggage that um wreaks havoc on our mental health on our immune system on on everything oh yeah so i would love for you to talk about your book
2: like what led you to finally come out with the book and and tell how um my audience how it you know where they can get it and stuff like that of course but how it could help them on their journey if they're looking into this, but haven't said anything to anybody.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate that. And and they can find the book at worth the uh, My website, uh, there's a link there. Um, yeah. It was, it was me talking about the book for a really long time that finally got me. I'd like, I had my friends like say like, are you going to like actually write a book? Or are you just going to talk about a book? And then uh, that, that, the pain of that. Um, but but there was this, you um, you know i share my story only to the degree to which it tells a larger narrative about what is possible we come together over what is shared um uh, especially during these polarized times where um you know our politicians can hardly agree on anything i think that that uh, psychedelic healing and specifically veteran healing is is something that unites the left and the right and is a potential rallying point uh it's it's bipartisan uh you know i was at the, the the maps conference um in 2023 in denver and to see governor rick perry on stage uh you know the the, the ultra conservative uh former texan governor governor and uh to, to to see all the brotherly love and to see you know governor uh gerald uh jared polis of, of colorado as a gay man and everybody's just again brotherly love this is about uh, healing. This is about doing what's right for our veterans. This is about coming together, and and that was really really inspiring. But in in my book, I lay out all of the different practices and strategies and rituals, and and all of these um, again these these uh, mind body spirit practices that I've. Um, Tried and researched, and ranging from you know meditation to to yoga to uh, breath work. I trained with Wim Hof and his team in in uh, Poland in 2016. So uh, cold exposure. Um, you know, uh, movement, fitness, the importance of moving our body, uh, you know, all of that, I lay out how to heal with these different modalities and how to reconnect to our purpose to do ultimately to do the work that we're here to do. Right. Because I believe, and I'm sure you do too, is that when we get
2: into that, right, our addiction or whatever, it's because we lost our sense of purpose, right? Something has happened that has taken it away. Excuse me. And, Right. Sometimes it can be a difficult trail back. But um, that's so interesting that you said breathwork keeps coming up for me, too, a lot. So that's something I want to learn and and, and add to my, you know, tool bag to help clients with. Right. Because when I saw that picture of Wim climbing, trying to climb Everest with just shorts and tennis shoes, I was like, (laughs) to be honest, I was like, this guy's nuts or he's on something really good. But I (laughs) but The things he does is just amazing. And it's, but I like how he says, it's like something that we can all do. We just have to practice it. We have to harness the power of our mind and our breath and right. And it sounds like you're doing the work, not only yourself, but that's a way you can show people. So, but explain to my audience, Matt, that right. um, Should they have a professional or can they do this? on their own with the help of your book, or should they always have a professional like kind of guiding them along the way?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I come at my audience from a, the standpoint of I'm, I'm not a medical professional. I'm just a guy that had a near broken heart and who shares uh, openly and honestly my experiences. I share a bunch of different resources, so I encourage people to to, to kind of take the ball and run with it. If there's something resonates, to to, to dig deeper. Uh, in terms of having a coach or a guide, yeah, it's really important to to do that. Um, I, I affectionately say. You know when we're outside the pale you know we we want to have or it's it's uh, imperative that we have a buddy system so that we're working with a psychedelic informed uh coach or therapist or psychiatrist or somebody who understands and is, who has climbed that mountain that is in front of you because this is a different model and, um, and 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 yeah, it's it's going to be a different approach. Uh, it's going to be an inside out approach as opposed to the the current models that we work with that are the, the outside in. Right, and sometimes even though I've been a part of one of those
2: outside in, it can be very irritating when you can't reach the person because you know inside there's just that person that wants to get the help, but they put up so many walls because of the hurts or the tra- you know the trauma or whatever they've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've been through it so many times, you know, like they can almost tell you what you're going to say when you're in a session with them before you say, because they, they've been through it and it kind of shuts them off to that. So new ideas like this is is amazing. Cause I know a place in Ensenada, Mexico, um, that does the ibogaine treatment and uh, incorporates like sweat lodge and, and ayahuasca, you know, ceremonies and stuff to help people who who the conventional way doesn't help anymore and they've had some really good success but they all what's cool is what you said is they encourage the the life coach or the coach that's with them to come down and watch what's going on so they can you know they can be there for their client and watch them go through this process and learn as you know and they get to learn too about this right because that person i was telling you about is very close to me is my wife and i know that some of this stuff you're talking about can really help her overcome her trauma or PTSD. And, you know, I'll tell you off, uh, off air what happened and, you know, you'll, you'll get what I mean, but, but there's also that other side, like you said, right. Where it's one it's, they think that it's one way and one way only. Right. And I wish more treatment centers would, um, Be open to the idea of different stuff, right? And and teaching more meditation, mindfulness, exercise. I worked for a great treatment center that CrossFit, right? Yoga or walking was part of their program. And there was no sitting around doing nothing on your off time. You're doing one of those three. But they also taught a lot of mindfulness uh, and and stuff, you know, and help people get off their medication, right? Instead of keeping the cycle going, like, let's take you off that because you probably don't need it. So this has been very very interesting for me when i sit here and listen to you talk right because um i'm like you i want to help as many people and it doesn't matter if it's through me or through i want people to get the correct help does that make sense
0: right absolutely yeah yeah what i'm hearing is is non-dogmatic you know find out what works for you and do that and there's so many different tools out out there and this is Cutting edge, you know, scientific data. It's a new paradigm. It's going to take some time for us to to wrap our hands around that. We're all learning as we go, um, but the the data again is 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 really really strong and on the cusp of some, a, a massive paradigm shift. You know, if, if, if MAPS, if this is MDMA-assisted psychotherapy is an approved cure for post-traumatic stress disorder, that means the FDA will write a letter to the DEA uh, saying, hey, we have a medicine here, not a drug, um, and that this needs to be rescheduled. And uh, and then that will be, according to Rick Doblin, the, the domino that tips all the others. And there'll be opportunities for uh, more research dollars to further explore these medicines and right. then the ways to, to best utilize them. And then we're rolling out the importance of uh, the integration process, that it's not the psychedelic experience. And I, and I noticed that when I was traveling with a backpack for 18 months, Kind of um a little bit untethered you know this was my this was my my deal uh but doing the deep deep healing work nonetheless and seeing that there were people that were uh some of my friends were were um struggling with the same things because they weren't doing any work in between the ceremonies and they were whining about the same problems and i was thinking whoa this is dangerous there's people that are blasting off and and, and utilizing these medicines without intention and um and that's why i wrote a 308 page psychedelic integration book that helps the 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 reader integrate these experiences into the day-to-day to to be healthy happy and strong to do the work that they're here to do because it's not about the psychedelic experience it's about it's about utilizing these insights to uh, to to heal and and ultimately to clear that energetic space so we could we could have the creative visioning to see the work that is ours to do right
2: Talk about that work in between. Because I know my audience, some of them are out there going, well, what is he talking about? Like in between. Describe that a little bit for them, if you would, please. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of tools for for integration. Um the 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 most important I, I believe are meditation and, and journaling. Uh, you know, we can do so much work uh with bravely putting pen to paper and working through our our past uh, the the objectivity that 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 again putting kind of paper uh, will will help us look at things with a, with more um, again more space we're creating expansion uh, from some of our challenges we're taking time to slow down and to be intentional uh, but yeah moving our bodies uh, is very important It uh, doesn't really matter how we do that. Uh, But we all have 37.2 trillion cells and that are screaming at us to get a move on, Um, you know, and and having some sort of movement practice, uh, getting out in nature, um, having healthy boundaries with technology, uh, you know, learning how to use airplane mode so we can we can experience some peace, you know, getting out again in nature um, and. Uh, you know, creating space so we can we can hear. I know this is cheesy, but the quiet whispers of our heart uh, amid this stormy kind of monkey mind that we have, and this this chaotic, right. frantic pace that technology is driving our society in right now. And and we take this time uh, to unplug so we can reconnect. It's a strange paradox, but we do. And then we come back with fresh eyes. And uh, when we have healthy boundaries with with tech, and that's. Um, you know, there's just there's so many different strategies. Uh, other pragmatic strategies are breathwork. The Wim Hof method is an activation energy breathing, or rapid breathing. Um, we have this like charged up, cl- clear, really focused. I-, I liken the experience to 120th of an ayahuasca journey, but we go back to normal baseline reality after five to 10 minutes of normal breathing. Um, and And that can promote supercharged journaling sessions. When I was deep in my trauma, And depression back in 2016, every third or fourth day, uh, uh, I was doing the Wim Hof method every day, uh, every third or fourth day, I would have a cathartic release. And I was thinking, whoa, how amazing is that, that I could do this deep healing work in my bed, in my undies, you know, without having to go to a therapist or or, or something. And I could, you know, bring up these traumas and and to get closer to them um, and, and to... know the wim hof method it, it um brings in healthy acute adrenaline to tax our nervous system but in a in a healthy manner and um so so that's a method um, you know, and and there's uh, the Dr. Huberman's non-sleep deep restoration where we have the longer exhales and the inhales. That's been something that's been super special for down regulating your nervous system. Right. If it's in the afternoon and you want to create some calm, um, that, 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 that's a method that that has been extraordinarily, uh, you know, practically uh, and useful to, to me and my clients. And we're reconnecting to our breath, and that's going to give us a lot of um, confidence that we we can again um, engage life, and, and to know that that if things get get a little bit intense, that we do and have the ability and have the confidence that we can reconnect to our breath, and that will allow us to deepen into intimacy and deepen into those you know those really important conversations, professional conversations, um, you know, or with friends and family that, are, that that are the really hard ones that we kind of. Yeah, but we yeah, don't right. like to go near like those are the most important ones. And if we can be more connected to our breath, we can be more present um, that that can foster deeper connection.
2: I love that. Uh, it's funny. Are you talking about Dr. Uh, Andrew Huberman? Yeah. Yeah, I follow him. I started drinking hydrogenated I can't say, but hydrogen water. And I'm telling you, it it makes sense because I've, I've been watching him and Dr. our uh, Gary Brecka and how they're like. Finding more holistic ways to heal the body besides your typical "go to the doctor, here's a new
0: pill, you'll be fine." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an absolute benevolent juggernaut. I always joke and say, "Hey, I'm a podcaster, but I'm not a tenured professor at Stanford." You know, so he has a way, he has a way of delivering his message, uh, this kind of nerd speak science, um, in, in a in a way that is digestible for for the lay person to, to to practically um, you know, to, to take his directive and to implement it into their lives, to be healthy, happy, and strong.
2: Absolutely. And I've seen his YouTubes and stuff like that, where it's like, you understand what he's saying. He's not going past you or like, what did he just say? You understand. And he makes it very simple. And and same with Gary Brecka and like yourself, you're making this understandable for my audience. So I, I appreciate that so much. Right. Um, because I may, you know, we don't know. There may be someone out here who's struggling that's going to reach out to you, Matt, because I'm always open to helping anybody, right? And if, even if it's not me. If, if I'm just a vessel to go, hey, I know this guy named Matt. He's done the research. He knows what he's doing. Why don't you go talk to him? Because um, I'm like you. I'm I'm on this journey of trying to help heal the world in the this turmoil we call the world today with one saying, you know, you got to do this because, you know, or the other side that says, no, they're crazy. You got to do it this way because you, like you said, everything gets stuck because of these politicians, if you know what I mean. And it's, and it's all, we all know it's about money, but if we can get back to being of service, like you said, and just be there to help people because it's the right thing to do and take politics and everything out of it, This world would be such a better place, right? And um, so I applaud you for the work you're doing. And I know you're probably helping tons of people. So um, there's a couple of questions I like to ask uh, my guests. uh, That is part of my book title is Fearless. What does fearless mean to you, Matt? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis?
0: Fearless means uh, showing up and to do the work that I'm here to do and in the case of the magic and microdosing mentorship to me this is a form of civil disobedience you know i i'm uh, we're in a mental health crisis people are struggling uh depression is soaring ptsd is is soaring suicide is soaring uh the opioid crisis uh i believe last checked um 2022 there was a hundred thousand deaths of despair the pharmaceutical companies have set our country on fire so this is the right thing to do Um, you know to to uh, be fearless to hold people's hands um not literally although sometimes um figuratively to to guide them onto the path and, and and to do this safely and to do this with earnest intention uh for healing for reframing past traumas for uh a hallmark of the microdosing experience is boosted mood and boosted energy levels and it's also thought that a third of our sea level Silicon Valley executives are microdosing to boost creativity. So the, you know, tapping into more creativity is is something as well that, that the microdosing does. Love it. I love it. Fearless, right, is and you're you're right now,
2: to me, a perfect example of being fearless, right? Be- and what I mean by that, because are we truly going to be like fearless? Like we're never going to fear anything.
0: Oh, of no, there's course, fear. There's fear, yeah, that, but, but you do it anyways, because it's the right thing to do. Right. And then we fear less, if
2: that makes sense. You know what yes. I mean? Because then we're doing the right thing and we're encouraging people to get the right help. And, you know, you're a pioneer in my eyes on on this. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, but, you know, hearing how you're going about it, right? I, I, I want to be on that little civil disobedience. I want to be a lot actually, because I've seen too many of my friends and people I've worked in the field, uh, you know, clients that have come through treatment centers, just die for, there's no reason for it. If you, if you ask me um, anyway, and we, that's a whole probably different podcast we could get into, right? Like talking about pharmaceuticals and all that stuff. That, so happiness, my next question is knowing I put a why in the happiness. Um, what does happiness mean to you, and how does that show up in your life, Matt, on a daily
0: basis? Happiness is uh, a byproduct of uh, again showing up and doing the work that I'm here to do. There's a fulfillment that comes. There's a grace that comes uh, from you know doing this this service work. Um, that, that yeah, there's a level of happiness that I didn't feel before when I was in corporate America when I had a soul sickness. And uh, I was following all, again all of the r- rules that our society had put forth. And the more I was obedient to our definition, our society's definition of success, the sicker that I became. So I got very, very curious. And, and yeah, there's a depth of happiness that I would have never thought possible that I live. And of, and of course, my you know, there's there's some days that are are, are super challenging. And you know i i always affectionately say i'm, I'm so glad i didn't name my book Ra- roses rainbows and unicorns no it's worth <laughs> the fight and 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 there's a big fight going on right now uh for for our collective soul and and um you know that there's there's no uh at the, the days of of um i don't know the 60s and 70s i think we 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 missed the mark um and and got off uh, track and and we forgot what these medicines Uh, were for and, and, and what they could potentially do for healing and for connection and bringing people together and for love and for unity
2: i love that i love that because one thing i learned uh right remember i can remember getting uh getting sober and you know learning how to be sober and all that and i always thought the opposite of addiction was sobriety right and then i watched this gentleman you probably heard of him on youtube that, that reporter from the UK who talks about the opposite of it. Yes. And that's one of my, I showed it to my clients. I showed it to my staff and I'm like, you got to listen to this guy. Cause it's so true. Like, cause I remember when I was getting shamed or people were getting mad at me, I would give up and go, I'm just going to, now I'm going to prove to you how bad I am. Right. But when I was showed some compassion and some love and that someone truly cared, here I am 20 years over 20 years later. Right. So that's kind of what I teach my clients. They ask me, well, what is the opposite of addiction? I said, it's connection. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're right because then it leads to love, compassion, self-love, right. And looking at the world through a different pair of glasses, if you would say, instead of that negative, here I go again. Right. So I appreciate that, Matt. Cause, um, we don't have too many people out there like you that really emphasize that right it's that same old like you said dogmatic you get in here we we drill you with this and hopefully you leave and you don't come back because we did all this stuff um and, and i'm a part of it i have been for 15 years but i'm slowly seeing some changes and thank you for being that agent of change and being that voice out there for you know there's other ways to do it um so um Again tell the audience the name of my of your book excuse me already slipped your book where they can get it and if they want to work with you or, or get a hold of you and ask you questions,
0: how can they get a hold of you? Yeah thank you. Uh, again you can get the book at uh, worththefightbook.org or on Amazon uh, worth the fight my last name is Simpson that'll come up in a Google search. Um, you can find me on Instagram at worth the Fight book and i also host a weekly magic or no a weekly microdose monday meetup at 7 p.m. central every week and that's an opportunity for people to learn more about microdosing and it's not just me going on and on with my rose rose colored glasses and enthusiasm but it's an opportunity to be a part of a community and 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 to learn from other microdosers uh your brothers and sisters who have, who have gone ahead and, and that are at different stages of the journey, and it's essentially microdosing 101. And we're, we're just going over how to microdose, how to how to get the most out of this unconventional strategy for health, well-being, boosted mood, creativity, deepening our spiritual connection, etc. So that is, um, you can find a link on my homepage. Uh, on my website uh, for that. And and uh, maybe I'll send you a link as well to that uh, to put in the show notes. And uh, yeah, uh, feel free to reach out. My email is matt at nltrans.org. And I do offer free 30-minute fostering flow empowerment sessions where we can shine light on the wondrous possibility on the path ahead and maybe some obstacles or challenges you might be having. I'm here to serve. And uh, yeah, please reach out. You know, I'd, I'd love to answer any questions that, that you all might have. And and thank you again for having me, Max. I, I appreciate your work that you're doing and and putting out positive vibes and and taking a stand for love. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's very inspiring. Thank you. And like I said, the honor's all mine. Thank you for being here
2: and sharing your, you know, your journey as well as, you know, how you help other people. Because we need more people like you, Matt, like that are truly in it to help people, right? Especially from, right, the traumas and the addictions of this world and, and the stuff that has helped, like you said, help people back because they put up walls. I appreciate that so much. So thank you for being here. Uh, but you're not quite off the hook just yet. I get one last question okay, that I like great. to ask all my uh, my guests. And that it goes like this. What is the one piece of advice that you could give my audience to help them grow as people and become better human beings.
0: You know, I would challenge your audience to rethink darkness and light. A big uh, central part of the Worth the Fight mission and message of hope and healing is the degree to which we lean into our darkness, the pain, the adversity, the traumas, is the very same degree to which we can stand and share and love in our light. I love it, right? And the more we do that together, the brighter that light gets, I believe. That's my belief. In, and I think you believe that too, right? I do. And I believe that's how we turn this thing around and and uh, and get back to uh, more of a orientation rooted in love versus fear. Absolutely. Right. Because I think they're pushing that fear so much out there.
2: I mean, I hate to say it, but it, that's what I see. and And most of the people I know now are waking up going, that's exactly what they're doing.
0: You know, 100%. Yeah. Uh, fear divides, separates and, and love unites and connects. Right.
2: Awesome. I love it. This has been such a great time, Matt. So everybody you heard, Matt, if, if like I always say, if Matt made you smile, if he taught you something, you learned something. And, and my famous, if he made you go, hmm, please go to iTunes and leave a five star review so more people can catch his podcast here with me today. And again, uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. It's Max from the Fa- Fearless Happiness podcast
1: today. And until next time. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.